The issues and disagreements in our country and in our world can seem so overwhelming. So how incredible is it that we can take comfort in knowing our God is on the throne? Let's talk about it today as we continue our series, In God We Trust. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and as always, so thankful to have you joining us today. Uh, also, we want to say we know God has placed you where you are today for a reason and a purpose, and our prayers that that will be shown to you as well. Hey, as we speak, uh, I am headed to Salina, Kansas uh, for a summer camp with our youth program. And so today's going to be a little different. Uh, what I'm going to share with you on our podcast today is just a pre recorded message from my sermon on Sunday. And so uh, we hope you'll enjoy that. Uh, you didn't miss anything. We're, it's not a change, it's literally our our um, series. Um, so uh, I would have pretty much shared the same thing straight to the podcast, but um, with time constraints and things going on, uh, being able to record, uh, I'm going to give you our actual uh, sermon from Sunday. So uh, sit back and I hope you'll enjoy. Good morning, church. We are so glad you're joining us today, both in this building as those as well online. We believe, as always, you are where you need to be today, and we are praying that God will give you that reason and purpose of why he's placed you where you are today. Uh, today, I want to preach to you out of Psalm 46. So if you guys will turn to Psalm 46 for me, and we're going to do a little something different this morning. I'm going to ask that you stand this morning real quick again, and, and we're going to read Psalm 46 in honor of God's word this morning. So if you will stand, I appreciate that. And... Uh, we will also have the words on the screen for you to follow as well. So here's what it says. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed from the very break of day. God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow, the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Today's title, today's message is titled, The Good News That No One Is Reporting. Will you join me with prayer 
this morning as we dive into these words. Father God, again, we come to you as we look into your scripture today and we study uh, what you mean in our lives and who you are and what you teach us. And so, Father, please use the scriptures that you have given us through Psalm 46 today to teach us um, what nobody uh, is telling us, what nobody is preaching out there. And so, Father, we just lift you up today. We pray and hear, we pray we'll hear from you this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning I want to give you the context because this is a really powerful portion of Scripture, I believe. Uh, you might actually have uh, verse 1 on a coffee mug at home or, or somewhere on a, on a sign or, or something, which is, which is a great thing. It's a great verse. Uh, but if you don't understand the context, uh, you will list, li- miss a little bit of the, the depth and, and the richness uh, uh, of what I hope I will show you today in these Scriptures. Psalm 46 uh, is commonly uh, believed to be a psalm that was written in 701 B.C. And so I'm going to give you the context of, of this. Are you ready? Here it is. The evil king of Assyria attacks Jerusalem. That's it. That's the context we get from it, okay? And, and I, I just gave you what it is, and it's really unfair because it's almost impossible to, for you to understand just how incredibly impactful that one sentence was. 701 B.C., when the evil king of Assyria attacked Jerusalem. It's unfair to most of us because, I don't know about you, but I've never lived in a city that was really, really under attack, right? Especially from someone as evil and as brutal as the Assyrian army. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the kind of the context of, of what I'm talking about. Because if you understand what the people living in, in Jerusalem felt like, it, it will bring color to the text that, that says, God is our ever-present help in time of trouble. The Assyrian army, they were the most, uh, most, dif- uh, uh, most efficient, is what I want to say, and feared military force in the ancient world. How many of you have ever seen the movie uh, Taken? Anybody seen the movie Taken with Liam Neeson? Maybe you haven't seen Taken, but maybe you've seen Taken 2, 3, 4, 5, or 6. Or, they're almost as bad as Fast and Furious or whatever number it is. But imagine, though, 185,000 Liam Neesons, right? Okay? Liam Neeson, 185,000 Liam Neesons who have a very, very particular set of skills, Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? That, that they were the Assyrian army, okay? They had the most, uh, the most advanced weaponry. There, there was no other force that had the weapons that, that the Assyrian army had. They had the most strategic training. And, and, and these warriors were, were brutal beyond measure, okay? When they attacked, they didn't want to just destroy. They wanted to destroy and completely humiliate and devastate the people, They would use psychological warfare before, during, and after battle to terrorize their enemies. They made these these tablets, okay, out out of stone that would depict what they would do to the prisoners after the battle. And they would leave them in the community after they left. So when people came in, they would see what they what they did, okay? Or they would actually send them ahead of time kind of like a, a postcard or a, or a letter to somebody and say, hey, here's a little bit of, of what's, 
coming, what we're going to do to you in the next couple of days, okay? And I'm going to show you a couple examples of these. These are, these are stone tablets that were, were found, okay? Show, will you show the first one for me? This, this tablet uh, up there shows themselves, these Assyrian armies, they're, they're pulling out some of the beards, okay? Beating in the, some, of the, some of their heads, okay? Uh, sticking their either fingers or, or fists down their people's throats so they can't breathe and things. They were treating them like animals and, and torturing them, okay? Let me show the next one, Eli, would you? This one is, is really disgusting if you can see it. If you know what impalement is, okay, this is a form of both torture and execution that these Assyrians invented. And without being too graphic, okay, or disgusting, if you can imagine a spear, okay, or or a giant sword, long spear, giant sword, you can kind of see one in there, okay, what they would do is they, you can see it, they would put it through a human being. Now, this tablet doesn't actually do justice of what they were actually known for. Okay? They would actually put the spear through the backside of a person. And when I mean backside, I mean the lower, the lowest, lowest part of the backside, if you understand what I'm saying. Okay? And they would stick it all the way up through the body and let you hang there while you suffer and until you die. That was the Assyrians. They were so brutal that they would skin their prisoners alive. They would often cut off, cut off, uh, cut off body parts. They would cut off an ear or a nose or, or other, uh, pri- uh, uh, other, other parts of their bodies. What I would say, I'm sorry about this. Siri wants to uh, talk to me today, so apologize. Come on, Siri, go away. Technology, you gotta love it, right? Yes. There we go. We'll try this again. Tim. It's really messing with my whole thing here, so I apologize. So they would where I was I? They would cut off a nose or an ear, right? Or other body parts, okay, uh, of their prisoners. And then the Assyrian warriors w- might wear, uh, it could, if you can imagine, a, a nose or an ear or a toe, okay, on a necklace around their neck just to declare their their dominance okay and what they did to the the women and the children i I really am not going to even try to mention that here in a crowd like this because we have children and things joining us because it's it's just too emotional of what they would they do to women and children okay so this is the context in which jesus was or which which god was speaking at this time they were they were terrified terrified beyond measure so if you can imagine in a time of, of national turmoil, okay, where, where they felt um, utter hopelessness, where they, they had no ability to defend themselves against such a force, right? And the Spirit of God gives them hope. And 2,700 plus years later, our same God gives us the very same hope when he reminds us uh, of, that, of who God is, of who is God, Right? When he says, God is our refuge and our strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. Right? I love that verse. I don't know about you, but I I love it that he's always ready. Right? The moment you're in trouble, he's ready. 
Your situation never catches God off guard, right? He never says, well, that's a new one. I didn't see that one coming, man. You're good. <laughs> man, I wasn't expecting that. You know, I don't know what to do with that one. You, you, I'm not prepared for this, man. Okay. In fact, another version of the, one of the, the Bible says, he is our ever present help in time of trouble. He is our ever present help in time of trouble. I want to talk about that, that phrase for a moment because it's much richer than just English words. Okay. Help us to understand ever present help. This phrase comes from two Hebrew words. We're going to put these on the screen. The words nimsa miad. Okay, everybody say nimsa miad. Try it again. Nimsa miad. All right. Nimsa, put that up there. It means to be discovered. It means to be encountered. It means to be experienced. Okay, it means to be experienced. In other words, I can't just tell you about the attribute of God. It's too good. It's so good. There's no way that words can describe it, right? You have to what? Experience it, right? It's NIMSA, okay? Now, I could tell you about Niagara Falls, right? How many of you have been to Niagara Falls? Anybody? I've been. It's awesome, okay? But until you hear the rushing power of the water, or you feel the breeze or the, the droplets coming off of the fall, right? Words don't do it justice. They don't do it justice, okay? You can't describe it. You have to experience it. Another one is I could tell you about Jen's churro Chex Mix, okay? A.K.A. crack is what we call it, okay? And you say, well, I've heard of churro Chex Mix before. No, you've never heard of Jen's churro Chex Mix before, okay? Unless you've received a bag of it and you got to taste it, Okay? I could tell you all about it, but I can't explain it until you eat it. Okay? This is Nimsa. Okay? You have to experience him. Okay? And so it's been my prayer all week long that, that, that some of you today, no matter, no matter what uh, is in, in front of you, no matter what form of trouble that you may face, that you would experience the very real presence of of God in a way that I could never ever describe, right? But when you know it, when you know it, no one can take it away from you. That's Nimsa Miad. Now the word Miad, okay, want to put that one up on the screen for me, is the word that, that tries to describe the presence of God. Tries, okay? Miad means exceedingly abundant. It means exceedingly much. One writer called it the muchness of God. And I like that, right? There's, no, there's, there's, no, there's so much of, of his goodness, we can't even fit into word. We have to create our own, right? Exceedingly much, much muchness, right? That's, 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 a, that's just out there, right? In other words, this verse very literally means that, and I want you to write this down, this literally means in times of trouble, God overflows with his exceedingly abundant protection, provision, and strength. Let me say it again. This verse literally means this. In times of trouble, God overflows with his exceedingly abundant protection, provision, and strength. That's what our God does. The question, though, is, what does it mean for us today? Because we're talking about today, right? So in our own context... 
as we face our own enemies, you might say, well, you know what, I, I, I live in a Jerusalem, right? But I'm not under attack by any Assyri- Assyrians or anything, right? You may feel like you're under attack at some point with something, right? Because at some point, we all have to deal with the crazy person in our family, right? How many of you have crazy people in your family? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Keep them up. Put them up. Put your hand up. How many of you have? Don't be shy. Put them up. Keep them up. How many of you have? Okay, I'm giving you an opportunity. Raise them up if you've got crazy people in your family. Okay, those of you who have your hand raised up, look around, see who else has them up. See who doesn't. Because the ones that don't, they're the crazy ones in their family. Okay, just point it out. All right? So, sorry to be mean to you or anything, but that's the truth. No, I'm just messing with you. Okay? But anyway, so, what does this mean for us today? Right? What does, what does God, in our refuge, our, our strength, our, our uh, ever-present, in time of trouble mean when we're feeling overwhelmed with anxiety, right? What does it mean when you're so uneasy that you stay awake at night because you're worried about the world that your grandkids or your kids are going to grow up in? What does it mean in the middle of a global pandemic when you might not feel safe, when your job may feel fragile? What does it mean when, when your marriage is hanging on by a thread? Right? What does it mean when your children that you love aren't functioning well? What does it mean when you, when your faith, okay, which was once strong, isn't as strong as it once was? What it means is that our God is exactly what you need when you need Him. That's what it means. And He is so, so much more. His muchness, right? Nimsa miyad. Your ever-present help in time of trouble. The goodness of God, which cannot be explained, must be experienced. That no matter, no, that no matter what you are facing, okay, our God is exactly, precisely, specifically what you need in the moment. And yet, he's so much more. So much more. So what is God in your moment of need? The good news is that no one is reporting. That's what is good about God. Who is God? If you're anxious, the good news is our God is your peace. Okay? When you're hurting, right? So who is God? God is your comforter when you're hurting, right? Anytime you're lacking, our God is is your abundant provider. If you sinned against the holy God, the good news is our God is is your righteousness, right? He is your salvation, he is your strength whenever you're weak and you, and you feel like you don't have the power to go on. Our God is, is your hope whenever you're hopeless. He is your light when, when your world feels like it's growing ever so much more dark than it ever has in the past, right? Who is God? Whenever you're in trouble, he is your shield, right? He is your righteousness. He is your fortress. He is your rock. He is your defender. Our God is exactly what you need in the moment you need him. And our God is so much more. So much more. Who is God? Who do you need him to be? Where are you hurting? Our God knows exactly what you're going through. He does. He knows exactly what you're going through and exactly what you need, when you need him. And he's so much more. 
I love the power of verses 6 and 7. I hope you'll be able to look at them again. I'm going to read it to you. The psalmist says, the nations are in chaos. (laughs) Just think about that for a second right now. Think about our world. Doesn't it feel like right now that our nations are in chaos? Right? The nations are in chaos. Let their kingdoms crumble because God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. What a statement, right? Especially in a a time that we're dealing with now. Who is Jesus, right? His, His name is Emmanuel, which means what? God with us, right? God didn't just show his love from heaven but, but showed his love on earth when he sent Jesus, right? The righteous one, the sinless one, who became sin for us, died in our place so we could know the goodness of God, the one who will never leave us or never forsake us. Find comfort in the truth that the Lord of heavens is here among us, amen? And the God of Israel is our fortress, In other words, I want you to write this down. In other words, our God is big enough to oversee the whole world, and yet he's loving enough to care about you. Think about that for a moment. Our God is so big, he's big enough to oversee the whole world. And you can add the whole universe in there. And yet he's loving enough to care about you. You see, the nations are under his throne, and yet this this reigning, ruling, sovereign, powerful, ever-present, all-sufficient God is loving enough to know the exact details of what's going on in your life right now. Right now. You see, I can't just tell you about him. He's so good, you have to what? Experience him. And that's why the psalmist says, come and see the glorious works of the Lord. Come and see Him. Open up your your heart to Him. Cry out to Him. Lean on Him. Cling to Him. Depend on Him. Whenever you draw near, He draws near to you. Whenever you cry out to Him, He steps towards you. You see, the moment that that either one of my children cry out, Daddy, I need you. Daddy, reach for me. Daddy, I, I need your help. At that moment, they have my attention. I'm there for them. And the moment you need God, He delights in revealing Himself to you. And He is exactly what you need in a moment you need Him. And He's so much more. Come and open up your hearts and see the glorious deeds, the goodness of our God. He is sovereign. He is supreme. He is king. He is righteous. He is just. And he's loving enough to be involved in the intimate details of each and every one of your lives. Who is he? The Lord is our fortress, right? Our rock, our shelter, our ever-present help. In a time of need, right? And that's the part I love, right? Amen? Amen? That's the part I like. I like it a lot, right? Now, I'm going to show you a part that bothers me. 
If it, it, I hope it's okay that I show you a part that, that bothers me. And I hope, I hope, I actually hope there's some parts in the Bible that sometimes bother you. I hope you're not too holy to go, you know what, nothing bothers me. There's got to be something in there that bothers you, okay? You know what bothers me? This part bothers me. Imagine it, 701 B.C., right? I'm a husband and a dad. And so I'm imagining myself in the context, and I want you to put yourself in the context of this, this story. In the Assyrian army that I feared since I was a child, a little child, is coming to attack, right? It's 701 B.C., and I don't have the power or the ability to protect my family. I know what they've promised they do. They already sent me a tablet ahead of time. We're coming and this is what we're doing to you, right? I know what they're going to do to me, my wife, and my children. And I don't have the power to stop it. And my assignment from God is this. Look at verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still with everything I value. Everything I love, everything that, that I've spent my whole life trying to build and protect is jeopardized. And you're telling me I can't do what I'm designed to do, which is to protect, strive, and, and fight my way out of this. You say, be still. The reason I don't like this to be still is because when I am still, I can't contribute anything, Right? When I'm, in, when I'm still, I'm, I'm not in control. When I'm still, I can't voice my opinion. I can't fix anything. And, and if I'm being really transparent, which I like to do, when I'm being still, I can't be important. I don't get to be the main character, right? I like to be the main character. And God says, you're never the main character, Dan. It's not you. There are some battles that only God can win. And there are some times in, in some seasons where our only assignment is to be still and know God and know that he is God. Be still and know. Notice the text doesn't say, be worried and know that he is God, right? Doesn't say, get freaked out to know that he is God. Doesn't say, be anxious and know that he is God. Doesn't say, be, be worried right? Doesn't say be an idiot on social media and know God, right? Just put out whatever you want to out there. He says, be still. The word still in Hebrews is rapha, okay? If you want to put that up there for me, Eli. It means to be quiet. It means to relax. This word literally means to give yourself a slack, a break, God, in other words, is telling you to chillax, right? Anybody ever heard that word before? That's like an older word, I think, right? Chillax, right? This one ain't yours. This is way above your pay grade. You don't have the IQ, okay, to, to figure this one out. You think you're political savvy and all this and strategic and all this, and, but this one's above your pay grade. There's some battles that are just battles for our Lord Jesus Christ and God himself. Amen? And our assignment is to be still. To, to give yourself a break. Because our God is big enough to oversee the whole world. And he's loving enough to care about the intimate details in your lives. Amen? Be still and know. 
Okay? This is a knowing that doesn't come by reading and it doesn't come by hearing. It only comes by experiencing. I want to answer this question today. So what happened to those people, right? We've, we've talked about the Assyrians. They come in, they're going to attack Jerusalem and, and, and 185,000 of them, right? And they've already probably pre-warned them of what's going to happen. They're already expecting what's going to happen. And when they leave, they're going to let everybody else know what happened, right? What happened to the fathers, the mothers, and the children, and the warriors in Jerusalem? What happened to them when they were under attack? If you would like to read about that, more of the story... I want to, I'm going to give you two, two chapters I want you to jot down if you want to read about this in more detail. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 32, 2 Chronicles chapter 32, and 2 Kings 19, 2 Kings 19. Write them both down, look at both of them, because they're two different versions of the same story. Got to see it, okay? But here's what happened in a nutshell. The Assyrians planned their attack, right? And King Hezekiah, the king of Jerusalem, Prayed one prayer. What do you think our God did? What do you think our God did? The God who's always ready to help, right? When, when the king prayed, right? You could just figure it out. God probably just sent, you know, everybody they needed to and everything. Wrong. God sent one angel. One angel. And this one angel dismantled 185,000 Assyrian warriors. One angel. It didn't take a legion of angels. It didn't even take God's favorite ten. It just took one. One angel. Why? Because our God is exactly what you need when you need him. And he is way, way more big enough to oversee this world and yet loving enough to what? Get involved in your life. Just one. Just one. Some of you, you need today just just one touch. Just one angel. Just one song. Just one answered prayer. Just maybe one sermon. Just one word. Just one moment in His presence. When He says, be still. No, in a way that it cannot be described that can only be experienced. That our God is always God. And here's what God declares, not just over the United States of America, not just one nation of God's planet, but God says, I will be honored by every nation, and I will be honored throughout the world. That's how good our God is. So my question for you today is this. What do you need? What do you need God to be? What do you need him to be in this moment today, right now? Because our God is exactly what you need and so much more. And so I would love to invite you to just take a moment and just slow down today and silence the noise of this world. Quiet your soul. Prepare to worship because he is here. I believe that wholeheartedly. God is in this room right now. Amen? Amen. The Lord of heaven's armies is here. And let God be exactly what you need and so much more. 
Be still and know. Not wonder, right? Not hope, not wish, but know that He is God and God alone. And He is exactly what you need and so much more. Amen. This concludes our podcast for today. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll hope you'll join us next week as we wrap up our series, In God We Trust. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast in Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.